Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get you today? Hi, she'll have the quarter pounder with cheese, extra mustard, no pickles, and I'll have a 10-piece chicken McNuggets. And, and two sides, sides of ranch, please. The we've done this before meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Hey, everybody, we're back with another first-run bald movie. This time we see, belatedly, the 2008 film Black Panther, um, directed by Ryan Coogler. Mm-hmm. Ironic, a Coogler directing a Panther movie. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, how we're going to start this review? Why not? Okay, sure. Uh, director of Fruitville Station and Creed, starring uh, Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, uh, Lupicia Nyong'o, and Denai Guerrera, among many, many others. Uh, what did you think of this film? Okay, wait, first, first, let me start up. Let me, let, me, let me say something. Oh, boy. I had gotten tickets in advance for this film in Cincinnati, and then the only window to go visit my dad in Florida where my work and uh, my son's school schedule lined up was this last weekend, which caused me to not be able to see it in Cincinnati. I planned on going to see it down in Florida, but every single show within like 30 miles of my father was sold out. I went yesterday to see this film at a 345 showing on Monday that I thought would be easy. I got there half hour early. It was sold out. Every showing of the film was sold out until 745. Yeah. I can't fucking believe it. Uh, I I thought about going to see this again tomorrow morning or tomorrow morning, yesterday morning. Yeah. Yeah. and I, this showing was show, uh, completely sold out. So, yeah, it seems like this is just crushing box office records. It's the second highest. Like, look out Star Wars kind of thing. It's the second highest movie gross, uh, at least domestically, uh, for Marvel since the first Avengers, which has been its, its high watermark. So it's it's making crazy bank. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the f- film itself? Uh, I thought this movie was a breath of fresh air for the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. Cinematic Universe. I am... Very, very tired of the formula that Marvel usually trods out, and the, especially the comedy of those movies. Uh-huh. Um, they they just keep hitting the same joke over and over again in most of these movies, and right. this movie felt very new and very um, refreshing to me. Yeah, the the especially Josh Josh Whedon-y humor. Yeah, um, you, I I agree with everything. I I because I fucking hated the humor, like. Thor Ragnarok, uh-huh. I thought, was kind of a shitty movie. Um, looking back on it now, the only thing that saved that movie for me was Jeff Goldblum. Mm. Everything else was just like, oh, my God, really? We're going to do this again? <laughs> um, I So I'm, I, I actually find myself getting a little tired of the Marvel format as well. Um, and I now I'm judging films on how far they push the barriers as far as, like, the fight sequences uh, as far mm. as uh, like you know, what can they possibly do with the new origin story? How can they tightly <laughs> interweave like all these films together? Um, and this film, I had high hopes for because I really thought um, Black Panther's debut in Captain America three was really amazing. Um, I thought Chad Boswick was like, or Bozeman rather, um, was really really charismatic and and an amazing as him. And I like the idea mm. of this like. Um, you know, crazy, super advanced uh, African states that's been in hiding, and uh, like the fact that he's like he's got a lot of unique hooks as a superhero. He's a king, 
you know he's got all this ad- ad- advanced technology um but he's hidden hidden away from the world and i had high hopes for the film and then i kept on hearing things like oh kendrick lamar saw an early copy of this film and he decided to make a whole album for it and and then i this weekend i saw that it was getting like 97 percent fresh and rotten tomatoes and as i was watching the movie the first third i'm like i'm not seeing it yet mm-hmm. I just like it's fine. They're doing a lot of world building, and half of this is like I don't know what the I don't know anything about Black Panther other than what I've seen in the films. Uh, And then um, Michael B. Jordan shows up as the Killmonger, and I thought from that point forward, the film it was really amazing. He's the best. He's the best supervillain since Magneto. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's almost not even close. Like Magneto and and. Killmonger are like in a league of their own. Yeah, when it comes to Marvel, and and much like you know Magneto, because there's they're a lot sympathetic. Of... Like that's the thing yeah. about these villains. Like if I can identify with what like what is driving a villain as opposed to like just maniacal rage or something, uh, then I, I get a lot more invested in the villain as well. Yeah, um, and you know they're obviously villains take things too far. Right, and and villains are evil beyond a certain point, but. Right. Uh, yeah, they they do so well um, with the motivations of the villain in this movie. Yeah, yeah, and you know having Michael B. Jordan portraying him as a very charismatic, uh, interesting guy himself, and as a, I mean, I don't want to spoil too much of the movie because honestly, uh, the identity of Killmonger is something they kind of play with and develop, and it's one of the yeah. things where like when he comes out kind of out of nowhere. Um, and establishes himself as the primary antagonist of the film. It, it's it's uh, you know I, I don't want to spoil those moments. So, uh, but yeah, that's to me the political questions that the movie asked, the discussions I've seen provoked around the internet, and the, like some of the stuff that's going on with like um, you know black academia, if I, if I if that's the correct term for this. Where they're having a d- disputes about like, eh, Killmonger is he is he actually the secret hero versus the film versus like you know I I think that stuff is all super cool and, and that, um, those are things that I felt coming out of this movie like yeah. I I was questioning where I stood on this whole thing sure um, and you know this look this movie is largely not made for me necessarily right, right? it's it's made for um, as I've heard it termed the black diaspora, which is right. like all of the peoples of Africa spread across the globe. Right. So like I, and I, I actually am glad that this was sort of a belated review uh-huh. because it gave me time to go and see, I really wanted to know like, what is, what are the black communities in America talking yeah. about? What are the black communities around the world talking about with this uh-huh. film? Um, and I, I, I went online and I was sort of disappointed to see that like, the big outlets like EW and Variety and like the the people who do movie reviews professionally and are well known for it were all like having they they couldn't I I don't know if they couldn't find amongst their ranks a black journalist to go see this film yeah. but it was all a bunch of fucking white guys yeah. reviewing this thing and I'm like you can't possibly get this in the way that someone else can yeah um and, and so like I went on um. Slash film, and I looked at Monique Jones's review, uh-huh. and she does like the definitive review, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, and RogerEbert.com actually had a really good one too. From The Ringer um, had a bunch too. The Ringer um, has has a lot of good articles. I can't remember his first name. Henderson. Uh, you got you got me. Yeah, 
Um, but he did a good review. Monique Jones does a great review of it and really taught me a lot about what to think about this movie. Yeah. And it was interesting because I liked, you know, as I, um, you know, I was talking to my son about this film as we were pulling up to it and, you know, kind of like some of the, the big picture parts of this film. Like this is yeah. the first black superhero movie. And, of course, Wesley Snipes comes in on Twitter and be like, yeah, everybody forgot about Blade, but I think it's... <laughs> Come on, man. It's, it's not the same it's thing. Not, it's not the same. Like, Blade is not a superhero in the sense that, like, Spider-Man is a superhero. And, and also, Blade is not a, a black superhero in the sense that Black Panther is a black superhero. Right. Like, Come like on. explicitly black, you know. Um, the culture. We're not talking about the skin color yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah, talking yeah. about the understanding of the world. Exactly. Exactly. And I was telling him about, like, you know, how... Imagine if you grew up in a world where you know, not all the superheroes are black or Chinese or whatever. And, like, then Spider-Man is the first, like, white superhero. And yeah. now, like, he looks like you, and he's from a background that you recognize. And the way he interacts with his family and his art and everything about his world is something that you can relate or aspire to. And, like, what a big deal that'd be. And then I got to the film, like, and, like, it's, like... Uh, 80% uh, black families with their kids there. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really, that's fucking cool. And that's why, like, representation in, in culture is important. And I also am gratified to see that the film is taking off financially. Yeah. Uh, I will say that, like, as as a movie, like, if you divorce it from any of the importance that it has, mm -hmm. um, as a movie, it was, like, a three out of four stars for me. It was, it was sort of formulaic in its villain and its its goals like I, I don't i don't think it's like the most amazing plot of any movie ever right but the way that it it intertwines the plot with the messages that it's uh -huh. trying to convey and uh -huh. the understanding of that world right um to me elevate it to like a really great movie yeah and i like i'll, I'll add on to that i thought that the act a lot of the action scenes were kind of lackluster um they reminded me of like uh around spider-man two-ish okay. like a lot of the cgi where like the black panther is swinging around on poles and like kicking stuff reminded me like an, of, of like beat for beat like doc ock versus spider-man fights which were huh. very impressive for the day um maybe missing missing it out or maybe i've gotten so used to like doctor strange and fucking guardians of the galaxy like just big over-the-top action scenes like the, the final action scene where they finally kind of pull out all the stops um, was very impressive, and I, I I liked the like the nightclub fight, and like there's a car chase in it that's I, I guess required in superhero films now. But <laughs> it was upstaged by the own like like the the car chase in Captain America three, in my opinion. But the art direction and the characterization and yeah. the acting between all the leads and the like the poignancy that the leads give, like you said, it's it's not um it's it's not in fact. The Black Panther story is essentially um, Magneto versus the X-Men. Like, that's, like, mm -hmm. with a lot of the same, like, themes and a lot of the same, like, you know, well, yeah, you got a point, but can you really kill everybody that, because, that... like, you know, in, in, in um, Killmonger's world, you and I are up against the wall. Sure. <laughs> with our brains yeah. blown out. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, maybe we deserve that. Um, right. I, and I felt the conflict within me. Like, right. I, I don't know that I feel like this guy shouldn't win. Because that's the, so I, I, I don't the, know. The sense of justice there. Right. It might be a little perverse. But. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is like, and I, I saw a lot of like, uh, I guess, white fright at some of the reactions online and people like in Reddit, like, "Well, how can you be a spout?" And I'm like, 
I, I want to talk about this this concept of Afrofuturism that I did a lot of research on in the mm. run up and 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 immediately after this pot this uh, this this movie I saw, but essentially like you talk about the African diaspora, um, you know how many how many movies have we seen where aliens with superior technology land and start rounding us up and abducting us and shoving us on ships for mm-hmm. food or f- for slave purposes or whatever, and then sure. humanity the fights back and gets to destroy them. Like, Africans don't have to imagine that yeah. because that's actually what fucking happened. And, I mean, if like I'm obviously, as a white person, I don't want to be put up the wall against the wall and have a vibramian bullet put through my skull, but, like... In a heroic turn of that event, that's that's right. what would happen. Like, yeah, that would be justice. The obviously. amazing thing in the 21st century, as globally, we're trying to tiptoe through that process so that nobody gets their brains blown out. Yeah. And it's it's tough, and it's a it's a struggle all around. But like to say that that's an invalid reaction or that's a little uh, fucking extreme is pretty, I think, culturally and historically tone deaf. Yeah, and the, one of the reasons I like Monique Jones's review so much is because she talks about um, the Black diaspora's uh, identity problems, and and kind of how a lot of the anger and confusion and frustration stems from that. Yeah, because um, they, you know, were removed from their culture essentially, yeah. and and just you know fragmented. Yeah, like um, like I I know that I'm 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 a German American. You know you're Italian American. Right. If you want to go back, you can go vet back and visit the home country and get whatever connection out of that. If you're an African American, where the fuck did you come from? Yeah, like like maybe maybe twenty three and me can like shed some light. And there was like I was listening to a Larry uh, Wiltmore podcast where he did a twenty three and me, and he's like thirteen percent Irish. What the fuck? You know, like like <laughs> that's like if you start peeling back, that's like there's like that's some some crazy fucked up dark things that you're thinking about. Um, and that's like this Afrofuturism concept is like there's a lot of like um, themes of alienation and reclamation because yeah. you know you're alienated because you don't. Yeah, like the culture that you had was destroyed and eradicated systematically mm-hmm. and you can't really go back so what so so you're alienated and you, you want to reclaim that heritage but it's not really there to reclaim so you have to kind of like I, again I'm and a white man trying to talk about all these concepts I'm just trying I know like I, I feel I don't want to define like the reason I point to the black reviewers right because I don't want to define the conversation and the reason I was so fucking offended when I saw a bunch of white people reviewing these for this movie for big outlets is right. because they're defining the larger conversation, and that's not who should be defining it. Right. So all everything uh, I'm saying, I'm I, is, is stuff that I have I have cribbed from from writers and intellectuals that have been thinking yeah. about this and living these experiences a lot longer than I have. But that's why I liked it is because it takes all those viewpoints mm-hmm. um, that the different black communities are feeling, like the 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 African people who are still in Africa, uh-huh. I think feel somewhat differently about sure. this than the African-Americans do, right. right? Because they they had things, you know, thrust upon them, but not in the exact same ways. Right. So they all feel a little bit differently. And I think this movie does a pretty good job, as I understand it, of combining all, uh, of putting all of those feelings up on the screen right. and saying, where do we go from here? Right. And Which that's, I think is important. That's the other thing that I've, as I've continued to kind of study like diversity in Hollywood and, and themes of that is the how different like like for example you know we talked we made fun of the Great Wall with Matt Damon 
And like Chinese mm-hmm. Americans and like most Asian Americans were kind of offended by yet another white savior complex and all this. But yeah. uh, I was listening to this Whiting Wong's podcast with Dan Harmon and Jessica Gao where and it's all about like diversity in Hollywood. And they mentioned that, like, if you talk to Chinese people, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? This was one of our directors with big Hollywood budget, big Hollywood money. And Matt fucking Damon came over and made a movie with us. It's awesome. Like, like to them, that's like like some like a Hong Kong cinema has fucking arrived because we got. um, But it's like but that's that's why it's so important to get a bunch of different perspectives, because perspective and empathy is. The, the, the lens that allows you to actually kind of understand and slice up the world and, and make it manageable. And, and that brings us to, like, discussions about exploitation um, sure. of, of the black communities. Like, a lot of people are talking about, you know, how Disney's just cashing in uh-huh. on, on the, the, you know, black communities and pulling money from their pockets, yeah. stuffing it in their own. Uh, I Of the reviews I've read, none of the people who've seen this movie feel that way. They all feel like it's a triumph, not a cash grab. Yeah, and I, I as a as a person that like identifies with leftist politics and spends a lot of time reading it, like I do think there's a streak of leftist politics that just cannot celebrate uh, win. Mm-hmm. Like everything, like like even here is like you know this thing. It's like this this Black Panther thing, which has become like this kind of moment, and it's an important moment, and it's and it's big, and it's and and I think it. I don't know if it represents a sea change or whatever, but it's it's a step in the the direction of like how I would like the world to see the or how I'd like to see the world. But it's like people shitting on it, like you know, well, it's just again, it's it's corporations making money off black bodies. Uh, I mean, and, if that's your opinion, what's your alternative to not do it? Right, which then you would be shitting. Oh, another fucking all white cat. <laughs> right, so, right. but I, but I do think there's this movement on Twitter, the hashtag Disney Break Bread. Where they're calling for like twenty five percent of the profits of the movie to be redistributed to like urban, okay, African American school systems and stuff. I actually think that'd be a great idea. Like if di- like that is where the rubber meets the road. Like yes, this is good. Yes, Disney did this thing. Yes, Marvel did this thing. Yes, they did it right. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, if all this money is going to go to a corporation, so it's like a feel good victory. And to make it an actual victory, maybe they should. But it also- maybe they should. That also goes into our culture yes. as Americans, too. Yes. So, so even if all of the money is going into their pockets, the right. intangibles are also going back into the culture. So sure. I, I do think there's some benefit to it, even if you know no money comes from it. But yeah, yeah. I think that's that would be a cool thing to do for Disney. Yeah, and they, and, and they can fucking afford it. Yeah, <laughs> so they sure can. I think it's a good thing for them to do. They can fucking afford it. Like, yes, you're you're right. These this these are all good things. Like. A crop of uh, black superstars that are going to come out of this movie is, I I mean, that's the thing. Like, you hope. That's what you you want to see. Like, I would love to see these people go on to have, like, solo careers that are equally amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, no. I, 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 I I do see that. There's people that I think if you see in culture and media things don't go your way again and again and again, sometimes when they do, it's kind of hard to be like... 100% 100% happy for it because you still see well there's this this problem there's this problem there's and there's always going to be problems and you need you need those people that are the I guess the perpetual gadflies I guess because that's how you stop that's how you don't get complacent like okay here is a victory now yeah. but you know we're 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 not at the top of the mountain we're just halfway up let's keep let's keep marching you need um, to give yourself a second to celebrate but you do though. you yeah. should you should but I, don't you see that that happens with us in bald move yeah. too like we like we very rarely look back and see how far we come it's more of like 
uh, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that fucking um, it's 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 not a false humility, but it's certainly that's got connotations of where like you know you can't enjoy you can't you can't stay present in the moment and experience the joys where it seems like it's very much easier to celebrate the struggle and the sufferings and all that not to make my shitty podcast out to be pride fucking with you i Uh, yeah right no no, it's i think it's ambition and and desire to to succeed stuff Uh, like that but uh the other thing is i I know you've already tuned out of this review so you won't hear this to people who need to fucking hear this (laughs) but if you are the person and i've been this person so I understand the mentality of it, but you need to get over this idea of this is just a movie and mm-hmm. we all need to divorce it from politics. Yeah. And let's just sit back, eat our popcorn and enjoy it because that uh-huh. is not this movie. Yeah. This movie is much bigger than that. And if yeah. if that's your feeling, it, it's not even akin. I mean, it is exactly telling these people to sit down and shut up. And, and that's that is happening. not cool. Like, that's like, it's funny the weekend this came out, there's like this controversy, Laura Ingram, where she criticized LeBron James and a few of the other basketball players who were commenting on the gun violence in this country. And the language she used was recognizably the exact same language that was used against African Americans in the 50s and 60s to shut that, to fucking go back and, like, you know, I don't need you opening your ignorant mouth and stepping out of line. And, like, uh, there is. There is a lot of that that's like coming back and emboldened. Um, I mean, just, for very obvious yeah, reasons. I mean, and think think about the position you're in when you say, "I don't want to be bothered with all that stuff." Uh-huh. You're in right. the position of privilege here, right? The people who aren't very much need to be bothered by this stuff because it's their everyday, right? Yeah, no, and I like, um, and no one want. I know it's it's so funny because. Is as a black as any minority to explain your situation to a privileged person and be told that like, well, what are you whining about, or that doesn't really matter, or, or I've I, got, I just don't want to think about it. I don't want to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, or the like the the, the the apathy that you get is is really um, it's soul crushing, honestly. Um, yeah. And uh, they talk uh, like in another in um, and kind of like the leftist social justice circles is that you talk about emotional labor, like that's the emotional labor, like the constantly day in and day out. Yeah. Um, justify your existence, and I think like. One thing that, like, you know, we can do as white dudes is we can shoulder some of that emotional uh, burden for like, like, like we can educate ourselves and uh, and, and, and be a part and, and listen to these conversations. And then instead of like minorities exhaustively on a one to one retail basis coming to their white friends and saying, listen mm-hmm. to me, I need you to hear this. Like we can help out with that. And yeah, I, but it's 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 tough because. What I become aware of is it's very hard, like, once you attain the knowledge you need to, like, I guess, be enlightened to then transmit that to others because that's a process in itself. Like, it's you, you first, sure. like, you know, like, and we're, we're 25 minutes into this comic book movie. <laughs> I haven't got to the spoiler section. But, like, you know, a lot of people that are privileged don't like to hear the word privileged. And it's like an instant mm-hmm. barrier. It puts you on the defense because... The language employed mean it says that you have somehow got to some place that you didn't quite deserve, maybe, and you didn't quite ask for, but you're still benefiting it, and you should feel bad generically. And, like, it's so much more complicated and not like that. Mm-hmm. 
but that's the, the, the but but how what is the what it's, is the what's thing, the 101 version of that philosophy what yeah. is the way that you can espouse that and and teach people that without being kind of offensive and inflammatory and it's a bitch because it's really hard it's really hard yeah. to tell it's 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 very it's um you know there's a classic um uh, a quote that like to a privileged person equality feels like oppression <laughs> Sure. Like, say, like, you're the big kids on the playground, and you haven't let the little kids play on the baseball diamond, and your mom comes out and says, damn it, you got to let the little kids play. You get off yeah. the field and let them play three games in a row since you've been playing it. And then that that's like, well, what the fuck? They don't even know what they're doing. Look, they're so pathetic. They don't even know how to play ball because, well, how are they going? I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I just used an illustration that essentially puts the minorities in, in, a, in a position of being children. To the privileged people's adults, like it's it's very hard to find a non problematic way that's going to be like if you explain it to a level that that privileged people understand, it almost comes off as demeaning and offensive to minorities. And if you come at it full like woke mode, it's like st- extremely hostile and and defensive provoking to the privileged class. So yeah, you know, one people ask me a lot. It's like, well, why haven't you like done this political podcast you've always talked about? Because it's fucking hard. Yeah. And I don't have an interest in doing something that uh, is going to be preaching to the choir and actually preaching to the, the people that need to be preached <laughs> to is fucking hard and difficult. I feel like these conversations are probably easier in a, like you said, retail basis, right? Like a one-on-one yeah. Yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing because you can tailor your, tailor your conversation to that person Yes, for, for, your, for their your... level of understanding and engagement. but. Trying to do it in a podcast form. Holy shit. It's tough. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else we want to talk about non-spoilers? Should we get into the spoiler section? Uh, yeah, let's go spoilers. We've been talking long enough. Okay. First up, trailers. Uh, lots of trailers in this movie. Uh, first up was Uncle Drew, which I was prepared. You, did you get some fucking Florida trailers in no, there? No, no. <laughs> did you go a, to the this theater? Is, this is Cincinnati trailers. This So this is a bunch of over-the-hill basketball stars like Shaquille O'Neal and Reggie Miller um, and and they're made up to look like they're a 65 year old and the the, uh, their idea is like there's legendary kind of like Dr. J type of uh, basketball players coming out of like like I don't I don't know what the setup is but he is forming a dream team of these old people and they're in this like Eddie Murphy old man makeup and they're dunking and it I, I, I rolled my eyes at the concept, but honestly, there was solid joke after solid joke, visual gags, and it looks kind of... It, it, I think it looks pretty funny. All right. Um, it got really big laughs from the audience I saw it with, so that seems kind of fun and cool. Uh, and that was completely off my radar until I saw the trailer for this movie. Uh, Game Night with uh, Jason Bateman and the Notebook Woman who I really like, and I can't think Never of her name. Uh, you haven't seen it? Okay, but Mean uh, Girls, the the head queen bee from Mean Girls. Lindsay Lohan? No, that's, see, she's, she. okay, yeah, you got uh, it. Rachel there. McAdams? Rachel McAdams, yeah. thank you. Um, I, I this, this movie looks funny, too. The concept is there is some kind of, like, escape room slash game night mm-hmm. that these married couples have set up, and they get mixed up with, like, a real, I guess, Russian mob kidnapping and they're going along with it as if it's a game, but it's like suddenly Jason Bateman gets shot, and yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah, it's no, where he's he's he's, he's 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 biting down on a squeaky toy. This is essentially yeah. the the trailer two of this, mm-hmm. um, and I thought it made it look better than the first one. Um, 
Deadpool, the the Bob Ross <laughs> Deadpool trailer. Oh, you got the Bob Ross one. I, I got, got the Bob Ross. I've, okay, seen, I've, bo- seen... I've seen both of them, though. Okay. I, I got the one where he's, I don't know who the C- Cable, the action chomping. figure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, that, that that's pretty good, too. But the Bob Ross one, I, I think, is inspired. Yeah, they've been killing it with the Deadpool trailers. I, I, I worried about if they'd be able to follow up, because Deadpool is so original and kind of fresh. Yeah. Like, how do you do a second one that's that? But, like, it seems like they know what they're doing. Uh, that's a movie where you can turn your brain off and just enjoy yep, it. And eat there is no politics in Deadpool. No. <laughs> um, Tom Hardy... Uh, is making a Venom movie. Do you know anything about this? No. This is like a preview trailer. It's like 30 seconds long, and essentially hmm. Tom Hardy is going to be Venom, which is Spider-Man's arch nemesis. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that they would... I, I don't know that they've ever done this before, where they've introduced a villain in a standalone that presumably is going to be a big part of the Marvel world. But hmm. it's, yeah. a, it's a cool way to, like... I, I feel like it's the first signs of Disney's pivot away from the Robert Downey Jr. and Chris uh, Evans and Chris Pine. No, he's not one of them. Chris Hemsworth. Uh, it's it's a way for them to pivot away from the Marvel Phase One and like build out this the young Spider-Man world. Mm-hmm. And now instead of like introducing like old like B and C and D list heroes it's going to be about now really developing like the worlds of the the, the heroes are going to try to build around for whatever phase they're on now uh, so I'm kind of excited about that because uh, I like Tom Hardy uh, yeah. his last uh, role as a comic book villain was memorable uh, I'll see if he does well for with Venom a Jurassic World 2 oh, mm, yeah. nah, nah. It, it looks like another Jurassic World uh, did you see the trailer for Solo uh, yes What'd you think? I've seen it. Um, I am not really impressed with the guy playing Han. I found myself more impressed with him. Like I, he's I'm, got this the Harrison Ford smarmy smile down pretty good. I thought. Yeah, I don't. Uh, hashtag not my not my solo. Like I I don't know, man. I here's what I don't understand. I and I think I've said this on a couple of lunch with Jim and Aaron's and stuff. I don't understand why they seem hell-bent on destroying all of the EU. Mm-hmm. Like, Han Solo has a perfectly cromulent backstory of how he and Chewbacca met and how he kind of became the roguish anti-hero that we grew to love in the original trilogy, mm-hmm. and they are throwing that away in favor of something. Uh, like, one last heist by Space Woody Harrelson. I'm already prejudiced against that idea. So, on the other hand, Donald Glover yeah. as Lando Calrissian. Looking pretty good. Fuck, uh, you know, the, the Drake putting his hands up and saying no to Solo. The Drake putting his hands up and pointing at Lando. Lando <laughs> is the movie that I want to see. Yeah. Did you see Ant-Man and the Wasp? Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I know. I don't know. I saw a hundred different Marvel trailers. Um, so this is one of them. One of which had Paul Rudd in it, That's but I didn't know if Ant-Man. it was that. Or, so you didn't see the original Ant-Man. Or if it was Infinity War. I I don't know. I saw an Infinity War trailer, too. Oh, see, I didn't see the Infinity because I've seen that a million times. Uh, did you see the original Ant-Man? No. It's a pretty good Marvel film. I saw uh, him in Captain America yep. Civil War. That where he grew super big, and yep. that was That's the way they, they plus that action scene. Uh, Ant- Ant-Man now, was solid. I really liked Ant-Man. Oh, now he's got a sidekick? Right? He's got yeah, he's got, Evangeline, got Evangeline Neon Genesis, and is, she has better, cooler weapons. She apparently. does, she does, because because he's you know, uh, Paul Rudd is uh, kind of ne'er do well. He's oh, a yeah. he's a bur- he's a bur- burglar. 
Oh. So hmm. uh, who is uh, Mike? His power fits his his line right. of work pretty well. Right. So Michael <laughs> Douglas is uh, was skeptical about giving him the good stuff, apparently. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that looks like a fun film. Uh, I don't know if it's a first-run bald movie because I am getting a little tired of the Marvel stuff. And yeah. it looks like we're going to get six to eight movies till we die. Yep. Uh, so I, I, I feel like you got to pay some of this stuff. Um, did you get any other trailers that I didn't mention? Uh, none that I remember. No. Uh, if you are not a club member, this is where we part ways. Uh, we will be back next week for Annihilation. Shaniolation. Shaniolation. It's, uh, it's Annihilation, Shania Twain's right? new documentary about her latest tour. <laughs> about her making of the song behind Thank You for Serving. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. It is Annihilation, right? Natalie Portman? Uh, yes. Okay. It is. Um, we don't have anything on the schedule, like, officially on th- the site. So I, think we that's, need to... I think that's one that we wanted to see, and it's next week. Okay. Are we seeing it? Um, am, I, am I in town next week? What day is it? It is. It comes out on the first, so you will not. I will not be in town. No. Okay, maybe Cecil and I will come and see it and give it a review because I definitely want to see it. Okay. Um, all right, let us get into the spoiler uh, edition. Uh, before that, if you would like to listen to our spoiler-filled thoughts on Black Panther, uh, you can go to club.baldmove.com and sign up. One of the many benefits is our spoiler reviews of the movies, and we got a lot of cool movies coming out this year. Uh, go to club.baldmove.com if you want to get on the conversation.